All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notifications, and upvote the video and comment. It'll make us very happy. Derek Vandegrift is here to continuing his preview for Ole Miss baseball. We're about a week away, Derek. It's coming. Delaware State is right around the corner. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for it, ready to get back to Swayze and see the defending national champions start their run back to Omaha and, and see how far we can go this year. And uh, I think it's been 10 or so years since we've had back-to-back national champions, so no better time than now to go ahead and end that. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the SEC schedule because Ole Miss opens with Vanderbilt. They have a very weird schedule. They, they it's, yeah. it's, it's top-heavy like crazy. They do get mm-hmm. to avoid Tennessee, but – I want to start off with the coaches poll came out um, yeah. for SEC baseball. And Mississippi State is preseason pick number seven in the West. I think mm-hmm. Ole Miss is fourth. But if you look at yeah. it, it's like um, LSU is at the top and then Arkansas mm-hmm. and um, Texas yeah, A&M. And, I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it, it's interesting how deep the West is this year. Yeah, yeah. It's it's as good as I've ever seen uh, the – the coaches poll in, in, in the West, it's LSU one, Texas A&M two, and then Arkansas, Ole Miss, Alabama, Auburn, and Mississippi State. Uh, LSU got 12 of the 14 votes, and then Ole Miss and A&M each got one for the first place votes there in the West as well. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's as good as I've ever seen it, man. It's it's an absolute bear this year. You, you can throw all seven teams in a hat, randomly pull them out, and if at the end of the year that's what it looked like, it wouldn't shock me one bit. Uh, Mississippi State being down there at the bottom just kind of shows you how deep it is this year because they had one heck of a recruiting class, got a, a lot of talented guys coming in this year. And, uh, you know, you've got a team that was in Omaha last year, Auburn, sitting down there at six, you know, just barely avoiding the cellar right now. You know, uh, it's it's incredibly deep right now. Uh, a lot of really, really good teams. There's not a break on the schedule as far as West teams go this year. Uh one of the things I thought was interesting about the coaches' poll is that Tennessee was obviously picked to win the East. They had 12 first-place votes to win the East. They did not receive a single first-place vote to win the entire SEC, though. Uh, it was LSU with 11, then Florida, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M each had one to make up the 14 votes for the overall SEC champion. So I thought that was interesting that the coaches didn't give Tennessee a single vote, and that's probably – due to their antics and all last year. I know they rubbed people the wrong way, the way they, they acted and all that, you know. But, but yeah, just top to bottom, the SEC, but the West in particular, is an absolute bear this year. Uh, LSU is going to field one of the most talented teams that you've ever seen on a baseball field this year. They're, they're going to be incredible. But, you know, if, if this poll came out a little bit later today, Arkansas announced that one of their top pitchers, I can't remember if he was a Friday or Saturday guy. Ended it was, up, yeah, it was uh, Wiggins. Yeah, the, yeah, their flamethrower. Yeah, yeah, he tore his his UCL. Going to have Tommy John surgery out for the year. So you know, if it, if that would have happened a little bit earlier, Ole Miss probably would have been in the top three. Um, I think there is a clear cut top three this year in the SEC West. I think it's LSU, A and M, and Ole Miss. I think those are the three most talented teams in this division. But kind of like you said earlier, it's it's so deep top to bottom, and baseball is such a crazy sport. It can it can shake out any any number of ways by the time the year's over with. Yeah, what does it look like in the East? Now, you said Tennessee is getting most of the votes for the first place team, yeah. but what, what do the rest look like? 
yeah, Florida's, you know, they're kind of going back to the roots a little bit. They are going to pitch the hell out of the ball this year. You know, that's kind of what you saw back when they made their runs to Omaha there in, you know, what was it, four or five straight years back, uh, what was it, seven or eight years ago, I guess, is when that was. Uh, but but they just pitched it, and, and they pitched it well, and they're they're getting back to it again this year. They're they're going to pitch the fire out of the ball. They got three very capable starters down there. Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. Don't count them out. They're they're always going to have these freshman pitchers that show up out of nowhere. They had uh, uh, oh I can't think of his name. Guy that threw against us in the SEC tournament last year. They ended up putting us out on the first night. You know he he was a freshman and now he's being talked about as one of the top arms in the country for his draft class here in a couple years. You know he's he's going to be a Friday or Saturday night guy for them. They're they're always going to have arms. Always going to have uh talent and you got bradford out there in center field that's going to steal you know 150 bases it seems like every single year can't nobody throw that kid out um <clears throat> but then usc uh south carolina the real usc if you will they're they're supposed to be coming back a little bit this year i've seen a lot of people pretty high on them uh you know with ray tanner there in the athletic office he's he's always going to put an emphasis on baseball and it seems like they're they're going to end up getting back to, to their old ways of being a really solid baseball team. I've seen them put in the top 25 in several polls. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the East is pretty stacked too. You know, uh, if, if Missouri and Kentucky cared just a little bit more, maybe it would be as deep as the, as the West is. But, uh, but yeah, you know, that's, that's a real solid top four, though. Tennessee, Florida, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina, and then Georgia lurking there behind those four. I think those, that's the clear top four for them. But, I think they're all going to be regional teams. Uh, so, you know, that's that's another pretty solid division, and there's just not a lot of breaks in the SEC this year. Yeah, you know, in this era of college baseball, you could probably, like, put a pin for a 600-mile circle around Jackson, Mississippi, yeah. and that would be the area that would be dominant in college baseball. And yep. in this era of NIL, that'll probably be the first area that really hits that hard. How, how, what does college baseball look like in this NIL era? era? Yeah, I, I think you're going to see it kind of how football's been the last several years. You know, going into the year with TCU being the exception this past year, you, you can pretty much rattle off anywhere from, you know, three to six teams that are actual national championship contenders, right? And there's just not that many baseball programs across the country that really care about college baseball like we do down here in the South. You know, Omaha is going to be just littered with SEC teams coming up. Uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Texas, and Tennessee. Like those, those are seven uh, baseball programs that you can almost pencil in to Omaha every single year once this NIL thing gets going the way that the way it's starting to get rolling right now, right? Those those are programs that have obviously invested in baseball. They really care about baseball. Those are the the, the programs that are going to lead the country in attendance every single year. It's uh, programs that have fan bases that really care and don't mind giving to it. But uh, so I I think those are seven programs that that can really put a stranglehold on college baseball, and you're going to see them in Omaha a lot here in the next you know five, ten, fifteen years as long as this thing's going and. You know, and I think there's a few wild cards out there, too. Uh, Miami obviously has a bunch of money and uh, a, a really solid foundation and tradition in baseball. And, it, you know, if, if they end up deciding to, to, to pay money into their NIL for baseball, that's another 
possible juggernaut. And then kind of like I talked about with South Carolina a little bit ago, you know, if, if they can get it together and get some money rolling, that's a fan base that loves their college baseball up there in Columbia. Uh, you know, they won, they, they were actually the last team to win back-to-back national titles like Ole Miss is trying to do this year. Uh, so if, if they can kind of pull their money together and, and get going a little bit in the, in the NIL era, then, uh, then they can definitely make that return to promise. And one of the teams that I don't really see it happening, but I think you need to keep an eye out for, because college baseball, you don't need as much money as you do in football and basketball to compete, right? And, and it's much more of a, a niche and, and, and random sport. It's a little easier to compete as long as you have the players and there is a program down in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, that, you know, if they can get some guys together and, and kind of start pulling some money together, they've got a solid foundation down there, too, if they can start getting some players in there using the NIL and all, because that's it's one sport that you don't have to spend as much money to be elite at. And and those fans, they, they really do care. You know, I, I know I came on here and gave them hell during the Super Regional and all that, but, you know, that was just – that was kind of what I had to do back then. So, uh you know, and, and, and rightfully so, we ended up shutting them out two straight games. But, again, don't don't count the, uh, the Southern Miss people out either. You know, that's that's a fan base that, that really does love their college baseball. And, you know, State of Mississippi's kind of become the mecca for college baseball. It's become the face for uh, of, of college baseball here the last couple of years, State winning it, us winning it, and Southern Miss being as good as they always have been. They're a projected regional host again this year. You know, they're always going to be there. So that's another long shot team to look out for in the NIL era. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before we get out of here, um, let's talk about the conference schedule this year for Ole Miss. Yeah, it's, uh, man, it's a real bear to open things up. The first six weeks you go at Vanderbilt, come home for Florida, at Texas A&M, at home for Arkansas, go to Mississippi State and come back home for LSU. Those are your first six weeks of SEC schedule. And then, if, if I'm not mistaken, it's between the Florida and A&M game that you get Southern Miss again in the midweek, right? So, I mean, it's just there's absolutely no breaks in this schedule because after LSU, you get Georgia at home, who's not the upper echelon SEC team, but they're a, a very good team. They, they always are. They're always very respectable. Um, the only break we got this year is we dropped Tennessee off of our schedule and we picked up Missouri. Uh, Missouri. So that's a win right there. Uh, but outside of that, you know, then you end the schedule with Auburn at home and go into Alabama. You know, it's just kind of the nature of the beast playing the SEC West. You've got six series that are just going to be absolute dog fights. And then you look over to the East and you draw Vanderbilt and Florida out of it uh, to go along with Missouri. So it's, it's going to be a heck of a time, but you know, you can't complain about it because one, you don't get Tennessee on your schedule. And number two, everybody else has to play these schedules too, especially these West teams. These West teams are going to have at the bare minimum six uh, division series that they know that they could lose three at any time. Uh, it's, I've told people this, it's as good of an SEC as I've ever seen. I've watched a lot of SEC baseball over my years, and I just don't think I've ever seen anything like the conference this year. And, you know, it's a conference that wouldn't surprise me. You look up and you've got at least four teams in Omaha again, just like last year. And if you told me we had five, maybe even six teams in Omaha, you know, just depending how they end up matching it up with regionals and stuff like that, if, the NCAA were to allow that, then, you know, I, 
it wouldn't surprise me at all. There's several teams that are capable of making that kind of run this year in the SEC. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get out of here, anything on the third pitcher? What are you hearing on the third pitcher for this year? Uh, yeah, everything I, I keep hearing is Xavier Rivas. They seem to want to really give him a shot out there on Sundays, um, you know, which I, I don't have a problem with. He's supposedly looked really good here in uh, leading up to the season, uh, pit, pitching well in inner squads, you know, and he gives you another lefty, right? You know, it's, that's one thing that's kind of a trouble for Ole Miss this year is wondering where all the left-handed pitching is going to come from. Uh, I guess the only argument against it is if – since you're so thin on lefties, if you wanted to put him in the bullpen using situationally, then, then I would get it too. But I think the key is to have him or, or JT Quinn, somebody like that, to hold down that third starter spot. That way we can keep Jack Doherty on the back end of that bullpen with Malik's going down. I, I think that's a real big deal for us this year, to keep Doherty back there along with Mason Nichols. Um, and, that you know, if that third star doesn't go well, then you're going to have to pull Jack up because you know he can start. You know, he goes to – goes to Omaha and just pitches his tail off, gets in the national championship in the first game. And, you know, he's perfect, you know, through, through five innings. You know, he was just absolutely incredible. He was lights out, really came on at the end of the year. So uh, it's it's definitely a guy we need, but we more need him on the back end of the bullpen. And, and situationally, you know, not, not even specifically closing out games, just whatever the highest leverage situation is. We get into the eighth inning and get in a bind and we need one or two outs with the runner in scoring position up one. You go ahead and bring Jack in and let him get you out of that out of that mess. Uh, so it's it's going to be really important for Ole Miss to have Revis Quinn, somebody like that, step up and and just really take a hold of that third starter uh, role for us. And and another freshman that's been pitching really good for us is uh, Tuconian, I think is how you say you say his name, something like that. But uh, he's he's really been bringing the heat for us too. He he pitched really good this past weekend in the inter squads. He was up 94, 95. Supposedly has a really good curveball. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, that's just just from what I've read. Supposedly has a really good curveball to go with that. So uh, we're going to be relying on a lot of young arms. Hopefully one of them can lock down that Sunday roll for us. Okay, and before we get out of here, third base. What are we looking like at third base? Uh, it, it, it looks like it's going to be Ethan Lee's or, or Lee, however you say his name. I think it's Lee's, but I, I haven't seen pronunciation come out on it yet. But uh, – yeah, he's he's been playing really well. I mean, it's it's not a question of if of if, if he's going to be able to hit or not. I think he's absolutely going to be able to hit at this level. He's hit everywhere he's been, and and he's hit throughout the entire off season, ever since he showed up on campus. You know, it's uh, it's it's going to be whether the glove's going to play enough or not, and and that's obviously a question. We went through it last year with uh, Burford over there at third base. You know, he he hit well enough to stay in the lineup, but but the glove didn't play enough, and. So I think that's what you're looking at this year. Uh, Liege, let, let him start out at third base. Uh, hopefully the, the bat keeps going the way it's been going ever since he stepped on campus, and hopefully the glove catches up to it and he plays a solid enough third base where he puts a lockdown on that hot corner for us. Outstanding. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Now make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It's got everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Derek, thank you so much for stopping by. Next week, we will get to do a weekend preview, Man, and we'll start our... Yeah, we'll start our normal routine with that. So I'm pretty fired up about that, bud. Me too, man. I, 
can't wait to get here next week, give some projected starting lineups, and, and talk about some guys that might break out this year. All right. Take care, bud. All right. See you, man. All right.